Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one sunshiny page of Talmud a day. And today, it is our pleasure and our honor, and maybe even our duty, to welcome back a rabbinical figure you've come to know and love on this show, the corduroy Rav, Mark Oppenheimer. Hello. Reb Leibowitz, it is my great honor as ever to be back, and I come to you humbly begging your forgiveness that I am not outfitted in my traditional Hasidic garb of corduroy today, but I hope that the, the lack of the outer shell will not affect the quality of the inner wine. You still bring us good-smelling tidings from the nutmeg state, do you not? I do. I do indeed. So, Rabenu, uh, there are many reasons why I wanted to talk to you, but one particular reason why I wanted to talk to you for this particular page, as it contains a curious dispute and kind of incredible example of bad behavior that I'd like to parse with you, and I'd like to read. The Gemara relates, Rav Avia happened to come to Rava's house. His feet were dirty with clay, and he put them on the bed before Rava. Rava became angry at him for dirtying the bed and therefore sought to torment him with questions that he could not answer. Rava said to him, What is the reason that Rabba and Rav Yosef both said that, with regard to a nafta lamp too, that it is permitted to move it on Shabbat? Rav Avia said to him, Since it is suitable to cover a vessel with it. Rava said to him, But if that is so, all pebbles in the yard may also be carried ab initio on Shabbat, since it is suitable to cover a vessel with them. Rav Avia said to him, There is a distinction between these cases. This, the lamp, the status of a vessel applies to it, and there are leniencies that apply to vessels with regard to the halachot of set aside, or muktzah. These, the pebbles, the status of a vessel does not apply to it, as they are a raw material. Carrying them is prohibited unless designated for a specific purpose before Shabbat. Now, I was really intrigued. And I went and did a lot of reading and found this incredible interpretation by Rav Yecheskel Abramsky that says, here's the deal. Rav Avia and Rav Ava were actually fighting about what constitutes a kli or a vessel on Shabbat. And one of their earlier discussions was, what do you do with a pebble in the yard? And Rav said, well, the pebble in the yard is a tool because if you uh, have, say, some mud on your feet, you could take a pebble and you know clean your feet off. And Ravavia said, no, you can't. Uh, it is not a tool and therefore should not be regarded as such for Shabbat purposes. And therefore, Ravavia took a really good opportunity to make his point, walking in to Rava's house and putting his muddy feet on Rava's bed as if saying, see, I did not scrape the mud off my feet because a pebble isn't a tool, fool. <laughs> uh, what do you make of this corduroy Rav? Well, it's it strikes me that um, in the plainest sense, right, when you read this line, Rav Avia happened to come to Rava's house, his feet were dirty with clay, and he put them on the bed before Rava. I agree uh, with your interpreter, right, that there must be some sort of backstory here, that, that friends don't walk into each other's houses and immediately, <laughs> if they're any kind of good people at all, plop their feet on the bed with and, and dirty the bed with clay. It's just rude, right? So there's a backstory here. And I would agree that... Um, that that's a perfectly plausible interpretation, right? That it's it's making a point that what's happening here is that this is a continuation of an argument. These two guys have been in a in a in a tiff with each other, 
And he walks in and it's as if no time has elapsed. And he's his next salvo in this argument is, oh, you think that you can clean clay off of dirty shoes with a pebble? Well, you can't. And here's how I'm going to show it to you. Boom. Here are my feet on your bed, which is just hostile. It says something about how we argue, right? For one thing, clearly he's carrying some sort of grudge, right? You just don't walk into a friend's house and profane the place with your dirty feet unless you're sort of still immaturely uh, <laughs> holding on to something from another time, maybe from the last time that the two of you were together, right? Um, the other thing is that it's it's an expression, I think, of, of bad faith, that if you really want to have a discussion with someone about whether it's the finer points of Talmud or whether it's, you know, Mets versus Yankees, whose fans are are better <laughs> or whatever it is, you assume the best in the person that you're arguing with. You assume that the conversation is going to go well. And if it doesn't, so much the the sadder. But you begin with an assumption of good faith, not with the dirty feet on their bed. See, so the not inconsiderable childish part in me was actually kind of impressed by this move, right? Here are two people who are so passionate about the things that they speak about that they would not think twice about walking into each other's house and pulling off disgusting kind of really, you know, wild stunts like putting muddy feet on the bed just to argue a finer point of Talmud. And Rava's response is also very telling. What does he do? He torments his friend by thinking of the most difficult kind of conundrum of halachic principle that he could conjure. Is there no part of you that is even a little bit impressed with with these shenanigans? Well, here's the interesting thing, right, is that I've had friends like that and I think you and I have been friends like that at various points where like the pleasure is in the argument, right? And I used to have way more friendships that were way more often like that, where just like that was that was our way of relating. That was the that the intimacy came from the ongoing fight. And the fact that we knew that the friendship would survive the ongoing fight. It was it was a way of actually staying close. I think a lot of people have that relationship with their parents or with siblings, which is the fighting is a way of staying close. It's a form of intimacy. But here's the thing, we have to separate out the fact that the fighting can be intimate and familiar from the fact that this way of arguing doesn't actually get you any closer to truth. And this is right there in the portion, right, on the daf. Rava became angry at him for dirtying the bed and therefore sought to torment him with questions he could not answer, right? The actual truth, the actual questions and discussions of Talmud, of Torah, are subordinated to this kind of immature game they have of like, let's torment each other. So which is it? I mean, fighting can be a way of, of establishing intimacy, of staying in touch, of keep, it can be a game. It can be a back and forth, I say, as you can hear my kids fighting in the background. <laughs> Lear learning a Talmudic lesson, exactly. Right. But it's not actually the way to to get your Torah, to get a truth. I mean, if that's if your primary interest is like, well, what's the truth here? What's the actual answer? Then probably you want to set aside your ongoing disputes and your grudges and your and your petty fights, even when they're a little bit fun, and say, how can we approach this with humility and, and with self-criticism and really foreground the questions being asked rather than our relationship? All right, Cordori Rav, leave us then with a bit of wisdom about how then we ought to go ahead and carry out arguments, particularly substantial arguments, because a lot of us find ourselves, particularly in these troubled political times, social times, having relationships or having people in our lives with whom we really fundamentally disagree. Teach us how to go ahead and have these meaningful disagreements in a way that leads us closer to the truth and redemption. So 
Look, we can only be responsible for our own behavior, right? I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people, I would say the vast majority of people aren't capable of disagreeing or arguing fruitfully. They just, they want to win rather than get at the truth. But we're only responsible for how we behave. And I think that the way I try to behave in discussions is to always be excited to find the places where I'm wrong, where I can learn something new and where I can change my mind. That It's the opposite of winning. It's sort of, how can I lose? <laughs> what are the areas that I can give up? What can I pair away? What can I learn from this other person um, that'll help me think more critically and, and figure out the things I'm wrong about? It doesn't mean giving up on the things that I'm right about, but how can I kind of scrape away my misconceptions and my errors? And if the person I'm talking to, however much I disagree with them, can help me do that, then at least I've become a clearer thinker. And maybe Maybe, maybe my example of self-criticism and kind of ruthless self-scrutiny will rub off on them as well. And that is why we come to your court, the Cordore Rav, Mark Oppenheimer. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you wide whales of Torah truth. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Soon.